Welcome to Clear Vision. Here we have exclusive up-close and personal conversations with legendary musicians. Our program is devoted to examining what makes people great. Needless to say, everyone has a unique story, a clear vision, and we're here to bring it to you. Welcome to Clear Vision Podcast. I'm Doug Bowder, and I've worked in the music industry most of my life as an educator, publisher, author, musician, and entrepreneur. I've had the honor of talking with some of the legendary names in the music business, and what I found out is that indeed everyone does have a unique life story, a clear vision on their journey to success. And who better to tell you about these stories than the musicians themselves, their aspirations, dreams, and the decisions they've made that shaped their lives in music. On this Clear Vision podcast, we catch up with the incredible Kim Carnes. I did this interview back in the early 90s, prior to her move from sunny LA to the songwriting capital of the world, Nashville, where she continued to write songs for artists like Reba McIntyre and Vince Gill. During this interview, I found her to be retrospective of her own career, as well as a kind and sincere person. So welcome. Let's get started. You know, I've always loved your voice. Did you have this quality as a little girl? Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, if I go back um, and listen to earlier cuts, um, I mean, I think the earliest cut on this particular album is Hurt So Bad. was 79 and it's definitely definitely raspy I mean I've always had this quality you're an LA girl right one of the few natives um, but as far back as I can remember which is about three I started writing songs and singing and I knew um, that this is what I was gonna do without a shadow of a doubt which was nice it made it easy to um, pursue it and all through school I wrote songs saying um, into high school saying it all the high school functions dances um, and just had a passion for music listened to everything I could um, and wrote at the piano as much as I could do you remember the first song you ever wrote <laughs> yeah but you're not gonna hear it it was um, kind of nonsense but uh, actually Somewhere um, amongst my mom's possessions is a little um, green plastic record. That's the first song that I wrote. Um, and all I know is I've seen the record. I don't remember how it got. I think there was a machine um, that was like at a miniature golf place, and much like the old photo booths. And I went in and sang the songs that I'd made up, and out came a green plastic record. and. Uh, that was it. So that's the first thing that ever was on tape. You know, and she still has that. It's pretty scratchy, but she's still got it. You started doing the club scene here in L.A. What was that like? In some respect, I mean, it was great because um, it sure was a way to pay my dues, play every single night. Um, what got to be the hardest thing about it was five sets a night. Um, that's a lot of singing. Starting probably at seven until uh, two in the morning. It's a lot of singing. but. Um, any, anything I ever did after that, any tour, um, if it became hard and different people, the band, whatever, would start grumbling, it's always been a piece of cake because after playing that many shows a night for that long at clubs, um, 
nothing's that hard, you know. I want to talk to you about your duet with Barbara Streisand. It was a really touching song. Well, um, that was on her Emotion album and um, started with a call that I received from John Peters. And he explained Barbara was doing an album and would I try to write something we could sing together. And, um, you know, beyond being really flattered, I had the same thoughts. Like, I, I can't imagine what that would be um, just because our styles were different. And in one of those times that as a writer, you really hope for that doesn't happen very often. Um, about half hour later, I went to the piano and sat down and didn't get up again until the song was written. From something, a situation that I couldn't imagine what it would be, it just kind of wrote itself. In an earlier interview we did with Kenny G, he was telling us about how often his first take is his best take. Something about not overdubbing and just letting the creative process flow. What made this duet work for you? When you do a duet, it's so important to do the vocal at the same time. Look at each other and, um, and that's the way we did it. I love to record live so much, you know, from day one, still, um, the three new cuts on this album. And most of the, well, the whole album, every song picked was recorded live, you know, no, um, no layering tracks. And um, for me, that's the whole passion of recording, you know, to get, we go in and rehearse, um, just like we're going on tour, get the arrangement right, then go in the studio. And if it's right, your take is the first or second take. And the magic is to get my right vocal with the band's right performance. Um, and it's the best, you know, it's, um, the few times I've overdubbed a vocal, everything gets put under the microscope and, and it, you can be a lot more self-conscious rather than um, just singing or, or a guitar solo. It doesn't go under the microscope. It's, it's all about um, getting feel. And there's a song on the album called Rough Edges, getting the rough edges, um, letting the wonderful little mistakes happen. Kim, you're almost impossible to define. I can't call you a pop singer. I really can't call you a country singer. You're in a category all of your own. How do you best describe your music? Oh no, <laughs> it's hard. I it really to. Um, I can't put a label on it. I mean, I like you kind of said. I, I'm kind of anti-label. Um, I guess the best thing I can say is I just do the kind of music that I love and um, and what's the most honest. You know, I don't. Um, if I do an outside song, I don't do it unless I feel like I've written it. And when I sing it, I can just close my eyes and do the vocal the same way as if I'd written the song. Um, it just has to stay honest. And if I do that, then I think that's what get, gets across to people. They know the difference, you know. Let's wrap up this interview with a worldwide hit that Kim released the year following this interview, Betty Davis Eyes. It became the best-selling single of the year, spending nine weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Also going gold, winning the Grammy Award for Rector of the Year and, believe it or not, Song of the Year. Well, it couldn't happen to a better person. Her hair is hollow gold Her lips sweet surprise Her hands are never cold She's got better days as New York snow She got Betty Davis eyes 
Thank you, Kim Carnes, for spending time with us. We honor your contribution to our lives and music. What's coming up? Let me see what's on the schedule here. Well, if you're a jazz lover, like I am, make sure you check out our previous episodes where we talk with folks, great folks, like Maynard Ferguson, Tony Bennett, Kenny G, to name but a few. But coming up, we have a great sit-down interview with the awesome John Luke Ponte. You'll hear his jazz violin artistry. This guy's amazing. We also have an exclusive interview with the lovely Patti LaBelle, along with many others. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this exclusive interview with Kim Carnes here on Clear Vision. If so, please subscribe so you can be notified of our upcoming content. Tell a friend and give us a five-star review. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. See you next time.